What is fortune and chance? What chance has made yours is not really yours. Fortune, for we think that we hold them in our grasp, but they hold us in theirs. The Philosopher's Seclusion You bid me, you say, shun the throng, and withdraw from people, and be content with my own conscience? Where are the counsels of your school, which order a person to die in the midst of active work? As to the course which I seem to you to be urging on you now and then, my object in shutting myself up and locking the door is to be able to help a greater number. I never spend a day in idleness, I appropriate even a part of the night for study. I do not allow time for sleep but yield to it when I must, and when my eyes are wearied with waking and ready to fall shut, I keep them at their task. I have withdrawn not only from people, but from affairs, especially from my own affairs, I am working for later generations, writing down some ideas that may be of assistance to them. There are certain wholesome counsels, which may be compared to prescriptions of useful drugs, these I am putting into writing, for I have found them helpful in ministering to my own sores, which, if not wholly cured, have at any rate ceased to spread. I point other people to the right path, which I have found late in life, when wearied with wandering. I cry out to them, avoid whatever pleases the throng, avoid the gifts of chance. Halt before every good which chance brings to you, in a spirit of doubt and fear, for it is the animals and fish that are deceived by tempting hopes. Do you call these things the gifts of fortune? They are snares. Anyone among you who wishes to live a life of safety will avoid, to the utmost of their power, these lime twigs of its favor, by which we mortals, most wretched in this respect also, are deceived. Fortune, for we think that we hold them in our grasp, but they hold us in theirs. Such a career leads us into precipitous ways, and life on such heights ends in a fall. Moreover, we cannot even stand up against prosperity when it begins to drive us to leeward, nor can we go down, either, with the ship at least on its course, or once for all, fortune does not capsize us, it plunges our bows under and dashes us on the rocks. Hold fast, then, to this sound and wholesome rule of life, that you indulge the body only so far as is needful for good health. The body should be treated more rigorously, that it may not be disobedient to the mind. Eat merely to relieve your hunger, drink merely to quench your thirst, dress merely to keep out the cold, house yourself merely as a protection against personal discomfort. Matters little whether the house be built of turf, or of variously colored imported marble, understand that a person is sheltered just as well by a thatch as by a roof of gold. Despise everything that useless toil creates as an ornament and an object of beauty. Reflect that nothing except the soul is worthy of wonder, for to the soul, if it be great, naught is great. When I commune in such terms with myself and with future generations, do you not think that I am doing more good than when I appear as counsel in court, or stamp my seal upon a will, or lend my assistance in the Senate, by word or action, to a candidate? Leave me, those who seem to be busied with nothing are busied with the greater tasks, 
they are dealing at the same time with things mortal and things immortal. I must stop and pay my customary contribution to balance this letter. The payment shall not be made for my own property, for I am still conning Epicurus. I read today the following sentence, if you would enjoy real freedom, you must be the slave of philosophy. Person who submits and surrenders themselves to it is not kept waiting, one is emancipated on the spot. The very service of philosophy is freedom. I recall that you yourself expressed this idea much more happily and concisely. What chance has made yours is not really yours. Good that could be given can be removed. Farewell. Seneca, Stoic Taoist.